Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today is our second day of reading for five days about contentment. And we're going to be in Isaiah 55 and then 1 Timothy 6. So before we uh, get started, let's go ahead and just open with prayer. Father God, I thank you for this time. I submit it to you. I submit this reading and this time, my heart and my mind and my spirit to you. I pray that you'd be honored and glorified. You are the creator of all, and I pray your will would be done. I pray that you would find happy, you would find pleasure in what I do in this reading, that you would open my heart, help me to understand, and that may our spirits commune together to bring you honor and glory. For the fellowship to be there, I'm so grateful that the creator of the world I can fellowship with through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for your Holy Spirit to grow larger in my life and for him to take greater and greater control, complete control, so that my will would be whatever yours is. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're in um, chapter 55 of Isaiah today, and uh, we're reading most of it. And then we'll jump over to 1 Timothy 6 and read a few verses out of there. But I'm going to try something a little bit different. And as I get started in Isaiah, I want to read also um, a little bit from uh, Spurgeon on his concept of verse 55, I mean, chapter 55, verse 1. And just some of that, because I started reading it. And in the Spurgeon references, these are actual sermons that he has. And he was preaching on Isaiah 55 and Psalm 136 in this particular writing. And this sermon is quite long and extensive, but it's just the energy and the excitement is huge. So I just thought I would share a little bit of it with you, because it struck me as just very exciting and very energetic and very happy. And with the contentment element that I'm seeking, I decided to be very good for us to, uh, to look at. So I'm going to read um, chapter 55, verse 1, and go through the reading today. And then I'll come back to Spurgeon, and we'll then move on to Timothy. So with that, chapter 55, verse 1, come all... You who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I make an everlasting covenant with you, my love, my faithful love promised to David. Yes, I have made, a, made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord. 
and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure. So that's it for 55, Isaiah 55. I mean, it's a it's, there's a lot of hope in there and encouragement, but it always talks about the thirsty. You know, we hear about those who are thirsty. My, my waters make, you know, we'll, drink of my waters and you'll thirst no more. Food you can get pretty well, but, but water you can't survive when you're thirsty. So we'll be heading over to 1 Timothy 6. And we'll be reading from verses 3 through 20 in just a minute. But I want to go on to um, Spurgeon a little bit. And he's just going to cover, we're just going to cover the first you know, two, two verses, really. So here he is. Hear these inspired words, dear friends, as though they came fresh from heaven, as though God himself spoke them at this moment out of the excellent glory. For indeed, he does so. The word of God never grows old. These messages are just as new as if the ink on the pens of the prophet and the psalmist were not yet dry. So to me, that was just awesome because it's like, hey, he's speaking. These words are just as valid as they were when Isaiah penned it or as I'm reading it. They're just as valid because, you know, God doesn't change. So verse one. And these are his, his writings and his words. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsts, come you to the waters. This invitation is not given to you who are full, to you who can satisfy your own needs out of the buckets of your own righteousness. No, the prophet speaks to you, thirsty ones, who feel an awful necessity which will not let you rest. I love this. To you who can satisfy your own needs out of buckets of your own righteousness. None of us can do that, right? So this applies to everyone. Hunger you may appease, but thirst is terrible. None can long bear its pangs. Ho, everyone that thirst, whatever your age, sex, character, rank, or position in life, if you do but thirst, then the gospel stands with uplifted finger and cries to you, Ho, as do merchants and traders who want to dispose of their wares. And that he has no money, Come, buy, come you, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. In the Lord Jesus Christ, there is all you need and more than you know that you need. As you, So he's, he satisfies even the needs that you're not aware of, which is pretty awesome. <clears throat> Whereas waters might seem to satisfy your thirst, here is a su- superfluity of grace, an exceeding abundance of mercy. Come buy wine and milk without 
money and without price. Christ is as free as the air, as you have only to take in the air by breathing in order to live by it. So have you only to receive Christ into your soul, and you live by him. As flows old father Thames, the river in London, Spurgeon's from London, through the green meadows, and every dog may come and lap, and every ox may stand knee-deep in the stream, for there is none to keep even an animal away. So is it with Christ. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I just thought that was really cool, and so I thought I'd share it with you. All right, so if we go to First Timothy verse uh, chapter 6, verse 3, this is our second verse in, uh, regarding contentment. And we're going to read through verse 20. If anyone teaches otherwise, do not. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, even suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But godly, godliness with contentment is great gain. That's an important concept, right? You can walk around con- godly, acting godly, but if there's no contentment in it, then what's the value? For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which God will bring about in his own time. God the blessed and the only ruler, the King of kings and lords of lo- Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. So, he's being... exhorted to fight the good fight, not worry about about the worldly wealth, but to worry about being rich in kingdom, in the kingdom, storing up your treasures there. 
With this, I'm just going to go ahead and close this with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and all that you've given us. I'm grateful for how you take care of us and you provide. I just pray that our hearts would be filled with contentment, that we would focus on you and your will, and that we'd focus on your plan for our lives. And knowing that, just as we saw in Revelation, that you're always in control, that we would be able to rest in the knowledge that you're in control of our lives, that each and every one of us has a plan from you, and that as long as we rest in you and seek your will, contentment and peace will follow. So, Father, I pray that today we would be able to do that, that your Holy Spirit would give us strength and guide us and take care of us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.